We are now joined by host, producer of Golf Talk Canada. It is Adam Scully. Adam, thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me on today, Matt. Looking forward to it. Yeah, um, let's start with this. Now, the, the FedEx Cup, and I've said it before, it should be, it should be bigger. And and I know each you know it grows in popularity, and and we'll get into that. And I just the, the, the roundabout way what I'm trying to get at here is I don't remember talking this much golf this time of year, and it's all because of Bryson DeChambeau, isn't it? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You really see the mainstream uh, sports fan um, tune in because Bryson DeChambeau is just so different. He's something that we haven't seen in golf, you know. Obviously, what he's done on the golf course in terms of completely transforming his body. We haven't seen any player really intentionally put on what was 30 to 40 pounds, and now he's lost some of that back. But obviously, what's gone on on the golf course with the Brooksy chance, that sort of thing. I actually worked on a, an essay, a video essay with Bob Weeks uh, that ran on SportsCenter last night, and we called it uh, Bryson DeChambeau, the most interesting man in golf for everything he's done on the golf course, but off the golf course, too. And so far, Matt, today, he's not off to a great start at the Tour Championship. Uh, I'm just, uh, th- yeah, he is, he's plus two through three, so he's a five under or six back of Patrick uh, Cantley. Uh, yeah, you're right, so a tough start for him. Mm-hmm. The thing I was joking about is now there's people talking about how it's good that they're banning Brooksy and that the heckling is going over the top, and now there's conversations about, you know, how is Bryson DeChambeau handling it and is this having any sort of negative impact on him psychologically? And my first thought is obviously, I hope everything's okay. I mean, I hope mm-hmm. this is, you know, there's not some huge anxiety or any sort of, um, you know, mental health issue with him. The other side of me is like, no, 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 we can't have this. I can't have Bryson DeChambeau as a sympathetic figure because if he is, he's no longer a villain and he is a wonderful villain that the PGA needs because he is different and also because he is very good. I need him as my villain, but Adam, I'm worried. If everyone is hackling him too much, now we might all just feel sorry for him, and maybe rightfully so. Yeah, you know, I, I was on that same wavelength as you, but he actually did an interview because he didn't speak to the media after finishing second in that, in that playoff last Sunday, although he did take home over a million dollars for coming in second place. But DeChambeau actually did an interview with Golf Channel yesterday with Todd Lewis, and he compared himself to Jeff Bezos in his first answer, talking about being different and doing things his own way. Yeah. So, I don't really feel sorry for Bryson DeChambeau. He's made over $24 million on the golf course. I am fascinated, though, um, with the Ryder Cup just a couple weeks away. Apparently, the American team had some sort of team dinner last night, so I wonder if Kapka and DeChambeau maybe had a couple glasses of wine together, maybe helped that team chemistry. But I'm curious how that's going to go for the Ryder Cup because that's another story in itself. Yeah, and now we hear Mickelson is going to be one of the assistant captains. But, yeah, I, uh, our coaches, I do love, you're right, and we were giggling about it when he said, when Bryson DeChambeau said, I get it, I'm different. And sometimes you get attention there, you know, just like uh, is it Bezos and, and, sorry, what was the other the other nutty billionaire who's on SNL recently? Um, yeah, I'm uh, trying to find Elon out. Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, it's like, <laughs> listen, Bryson, if you want to engender sympathy if you want greater empathy which you know it is your right try not to compare yourself to the billionaires that that's that's my message to him just a hunch totally agree but yeah it's it's he's such a fascinating character 
because, you know, like on the topic of these Brooksy chants, I mean, um, golf is a different sport because the spectators are quite literally, you know, feet or maybe a couple yards away from the players at times. It's not like in hockey or in baseball or in football where the fans are, you know, way outside of them and the, uh, the players can't actually hear you clearly. But for this golf you know, you can be as close to uh, as uh, as the players, you know, as a couple feet yards away, sort of thing. So uh, golf's definitely in a bit of a different boat here. Um, but yeah, to ban the Brooksy chance, I don't know. It's, it seems a little strange to me. It does. It see. It seems strange to me. Um, there's still part of me that loves the old school nature of golf, where it is very gentlemanly. Then there's the other side that you know wants it spiced up. I I got that battling in my head over and over. Uh, we're joined by uh, Adam Scully, producer, host of Golf Talk Canada. So if we go to some of the other names, to me, if we're if we're you know not going to do the conversation of Kepka versus Bryson, then is the number one name John Rom. You know, since May, tied for eighth at the PGA Championship, should have won the Memorial, if not for COVID, won the U.S. Open, finished third at, you know, the Open Championship. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's had a great year. Is John Rahm the number one uh, name to keep an eye on over the next four days? Oh, 100%. John Rahm's definitely the number one name. I mean, looking at the betting books before this first round got underway, even though he began the tournament four shots off the lead, he was still the co-betting favorite with Patrick Cantlay. And it really has been the summer of Rombo. I mean, he had a great chance to win the Northern Trust, the first playoff event, faltered down the stretch. And then last weekend, got off to another great start, including opening eight under 64. Maybe ran out of gas on the weekend, but now already... He's two under through four holes today, uh, chipped in on the first hole for a birdie. So Rom is definitely one to look out for. It would certainly uh, make a lot of sense for Rom to win this season, given everything he's gone through, winning that first major championship, getting COVID twice. He's been the yeah. most dominating player on the PGA Tour by an absolute landslide with a, a host of top tens and obviously the victory. So looking forward to seeing what Rom has. But yeah, he's three shots off the lead right now because Cantlay is one under through three holes uh, this afternoon. Hey, by the way, uh, what do we need to know about uh, East Lake Golf Club, uh, which is uh, in Atlanta? It's a par seventy. Is there anything of note? Uh, I'm not. I, I'm not sure what the what the weather. I haven't been able to watch it because I was driving around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it looks like it's the the, the wind or the, the weather's pretty good. Is there anything we need to know about this course? Yeah, generally birdies are a little harder to come by on this golf course, but they got a bunch of rain on Tuesday, which has really softened the golf course. And when PGA Tour players see uh, soft conditions, not much wind, they absolutely feast on that. So uh, scores aren't that low today so far. The lowest score on the golf course is Victor Hovland, who's three under through his first seven holes. Um, but, you know, Eastlake's hosted the Tour Championship for such a long time. Uh, the last time this tournament was wasn't the staggered starting leaderboard. It's actually when Tiger Woods won the Tour Championship, and he was 11 under par through four rounds. So I'm not expecting to see 28 under par like we saw last week. I'm expecting you know somewhere in that 10 to maybe 13, 14 under range. But uh, it's, it's a great golf course, a great finishing par five as well, and a great finishing stretch at Eastlake for sure. Last year's champion, Dustin Johnson. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's one under uh, through eight, and he's – uh, you know, he's. I mean, he's got a long way to go. He's he's minus one overall versus Cantley, which is minus eleven. But how would you characterize this year? Because for me, with Dustin Johnson, he's he's felt like he's felt. I, I don't want to say irrelevant 
But for a guy with all the talent and the winning and, you know, the success from last year and, you know, he, he won the November Masters, mm-hmm. it, it, since then he's kind of just hasn't been on the radar screen. But how would you describe uh, the year for the defending champion at the Tour Championship? I would describe it as MIA, missing in action. I remember last year for our Golf Talk Canada year in review show that we taped after the November Masters, we, we were talking about Dustin Johnson going on basically a Tiger-esque run this year. Watching him play was like watching golf on a video game. It just seemed automatic. But then, you know, this year it's just been weird. He's gone through four or five different putters. He's battled a two-way miss off the tee. It looks like he's getting back closer on the rails now in uh, in, in his last five starts he has three top tens where he didn't really have a chance at any of the major championships in 2021 i mean missing the cut defending at the masters as well and like you mentioned he's got a long way to go for this tour championship he's done well here before this is the 13th straight year he's qualified for the tour championship so he's been incredibly consistent for dj finished T6 last week at the BMW with rounds of 65-66 on the weekend. I actually picked him on our TSN Edge Picks uh, segment for Golf Talk and Television this week. He began the week with around 25-1 to 1 odds for those placing a wager. And I, I, I think Dustin Johnson, as well, if he can get that putter hot, I think he can be in the mix this weekend. But yeah, like you mentioned, seven shots off the lead. It's a long way to catch up for you know some of the world-class players in the world. Yeah, it, it really is. Um... Last question for you, Adam. It's sort of more of a big-picture thing, and I clunkily try to work this into my intro. But right before the FedEx Cup started, uh, you know, the playoffs started three weeks ago, I talked about the event, and I'm like, this event makes so much sense. It should be so much more popular. It's just, okay, who are the top golfers? All right, you're in the first round, and then we're going to knock you down, knock you down, and then it's going to be the final 30. It's going to be the elite of the elite, and it's going to be for a whole ton of money so, you know, the players are going to be motivated. Is the problem with the FedEx Cup, not the construction of it, it's brilliant, but that it doesn't have the gravitas of the other majors. Like, it seems like when they're battling it out to win in Augusta, that is for history, that is for legacy. When you're battling it out in the FedEx Cup, that's for a really hefty paycheck, and it's hard as a sports fan to be as emotionally connected when it's not about history and legacy, but it's more about money. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's you know it's been around now for fifteen or so years, and for for me, one thing I, I think there's just too much golf jumbled all together. I mean, three straight weeks like Rory McIlroy said last before teeing off in last week's BMW Championship that he was just out of gas, he was out of steam. You know, Colin Morikawa had this unbelievable year, and he's been MIA for the first two playoff events. So I think Matt, maybe if there was a break. Maybe if it was two weeks and a week off, and then maybe they had the tour championship next week. I know they don't want to battle with the NFL, but I mean, this is quite literally a money grab. You know, the 30th place this week gets, gets, gets around $400,000. So it's quite a money grab for these guys. $15 million on the line for the victor. Next year, it's $18 million. So it's, it's a bit of a cash grab. I am curious, though, if there is a nice duel down the stretch here, because we haven't really seen, you know, a nice maybe battle down the stretch for $15 million uh, in the staggered starting leaderboard. A couple of years ago, you know, when Rory McIlroy won the FedEx Cup for the first time in 2016, he won that in a playoff. That was awesome to see. Imagine having a putt for $10 million on the line. I certainly can't imagine that. So I, I'm curious how it goes here going forward. Hopefully we see a good weekend of dramatics. But, yeah, there's still something missing from the FedEx Cup for sure. 
Yeah, and listen, I'm I'm all for a money grab. Anyone goes, oh, it's just a money grab. Well, <laughs> and everyone's being a hypocrite. Everyone likes money, and if there's some money to grab, we'd all grab it. It's oh, yeah. just it doesn't grab our attention the same mm-hmm. way because it just yeah it just it doesn't have that legacy defining thing that we love as sports fans. But you're right if. If there is a playoff, if it's two guys battling it out on Sunday and just making shots and going back and forth, you know that's that's enough. That should be enough to get anyone interested. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I mentioned this with uh, Gareth Gareth Wheeler last week. Imagine if they could, you know, alter the format. Maybe imagine match play. Imagine eighteen holes with fifteen million dollars on the line. I know it probably never happened, but that would really up the ante in terms of dramatics as well. Hundred percent, Adam. You can follow him on Twitter at on Adam underscore uh, Scully, producer slash host of Golf Talk Canada. You see him on TV, hear him on the radio, all over the place. Adam, really appreciate you joining the show. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the FedEx Finals. Thank you, my friend. Nice to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. That is Adam Scully. And a reminder: the TSN.